Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. You know, it can be really, really painful to watch an adult child uh, drift from the faith and reject your family's values, especially these days. Maybe take a, a politically different approach to life. You want what's best for them, but you can't tell them what to live or believe or how to vote. Um, I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta. He's the Vice President of Parenting and Youth here at Focus on the Family. And Danny, it is not helpful to lecture an adult child, um, especially if they have different values. Isn't there a way, though, to kind of share my beliefs and to also respect their independence? I mean, there has to be a way for us to kind of coexist, even though we have differing sets of values. There is. I mean, this is very difficult. Uh, there's no easy answer to the to the fact that ch- children do leave the faith sometimes, and you have completely different belief systems, and so that's not easy. So I don't want to pretend that this is an easy answer and, and dive into it. I, I, what I want to say is that you can still, in a respectful way, share what you believe, what you think, and seek understanding for what they're believing. If you just shut it down, they're going to get louder and louder and try to assert that they've got this, that they're adults, they want respect as adults, that they can make their own decisions. Remove that by just respecting them at the beginning. Uh, So this is what you've chosen. Help me understand how you're so sure of this. I want to know more. What have you explored? And take time in a very genuine way. They'll see if you're pretending. Be genuine and and, uh, interested in what they're saying. Obviously, they're not going to convince you. And by forcing your beliefs, you're not going to convince them either. And so have them naturally ask questions of you. And as you're doing life, they're going to be watching that. In their belief system, things could falter and emptiness can come into their lives. We know that from scriptures, already told us that. The relationship needs to be ready for them to be able to come back and say, you know, I think I got it wrong. But if you're if you're pushing them towards something, they're not going to admit that because now it's a battle of wills, yeah. and you mm-hmm. don't want to get there. And if I may just observe something, most caring Christian parents have front-loaded the training, the value systems, all of right. that. They, by the time the kid is seven or eight, he or she knows what you believe, what your faith is, what you want them to understand about God. Uh, you don't have to tell them again when they're 18 or 20. Where, where'd you, you don't have to shame them or talk down. I think a, a quiet uh, approach is probably a really wise approach in these yeah, Because if you become defensive, you can damage the relationship, and that's just not helpful. If you right. bring grace and love, that's what Jesus brought, and then God will do the rest mm-hmm. in the heart. Yeah. Well, let's hear uh, some more from an encouraging testimony. A father and son uh, that Jim Daly and I talked with, Pastor Bill Putman and his son, Pastor Jim Putman. Uh, Jim shared how his dad's steadfast love, to your point, Danny, made him much more receptive to Christ's love. Let's go ahead and listen in. There was a wrestling match that you went to, I think, in Chicago yeah. that really changed the tone of your relationship between the two of you. Set that up and and describe it. And then, Jim, I want your response as the son. What happened? Well, he was in national championships in wrestling, and we were so far in debt. But my mother loaned me the money to fly out there and, and go to the tournament. And 
when I got there, it was still just one more thing I didn't think was going to work. One more way I could try to support him in his goals and hoping that he would see how much I love him, how much I needed him in my life. And when I arrived, the plane was late, and I got there in the middle of the tournament, and he saw me come in through the door, and he ran across all the mats, and he picked me up, and he kissed me. And I would say that that was one of the best times in my life as a dad. Man, it's powerful. I feel it. And uh, Jim, what was going through your heart? Why then? Why did that make such an impression on you? Well, I mean, to, to kind of set the context of this, my dad's dad was an authoritarian, never told him he loved him once in his life. Uh, well, maybe just near the end of his life. That I that he was proud of him. Yeah. And uh, so my dad told me he loved me every single day. Mm-hmm. But again, that was like, like a given. Your dad tells you he loves you every single day. He swung the pendulum from being a disciplinarian to being overly loving and trying to, to chase and pursue and all those things. So it didn't mean anything until uh, prior to that, I had come to the place where alcoholism and everything had taken over. And all the friends that I thought I had weren't really friends. And I wasn't a believer. And he, because he never quit on me and he did love me in practice when the rest of the world falls apart, like the prodigal son, you know, nobody would give him anything after he'd spent all his money and everything on all these so-called friends. The guy had hurt the most was the only one left standing. And the only reason he was left standing is because he didn't allow me to pull him off the rock, so to speak. When he started working on himself and his relationship with God and mom, there was a stability that he had that everyone else I knew out there in the world didn't have. Hmm. And as I started to live that life, I was drowning. But the one guy I'd hurt the most was still on a rock, still on, it had a relationship with Jesus. There was something real with, about that that I couldn't deny. And even though he should not love me after everything I had done, the humiliation, a lot of times I did it on purpose, he was still the one who showed up. And, it, you know, it starts to dawn on you, whether you agree with his faith or not, something's strong in him that normal people and I didn't have. Mm. And he still loves you. And he, no matter how much I tried to burn down the bridge, he would never let it be burned down. Enough that he would take time away and come all the way over to watch something that he really didn't understand. My dad didn't understand wrestling, but he wanted to be there for me. Mm. And so uh, this being on the rock Focusing on Jesus, being strong enough to keep loving even when they don't love you back is what finally built a bridge that now he could start putting things across. Like he could start asking, answering my questions on how do I, he knew there was a God. He could start answering questions on how do you know Christianity is true. But it was built on a continued relationship that he never let be burnt down, mm-hmm. a continued love relationship that finally I said, you know, I will listen to what you have to say. Even though I'm, I'm not sure I agree, you have at least earned the place in my life to pass over to me the reasons why you believe what you believe. There's so many uh, good things going on in this relationship. I mean, that's what I'm sensing underneath all of the tough stuff. I mean, there's objectivity between the two of you. You really know where you're at, and so often people aren't there. I want to come back next time and kind of uncover that, where people are still living in a bit of a cloud, and and the, the ability to see yourself is so critical. I love this quote, and I'll end with this in the book that you wrote, Hope for the Prodigal. You said this, if our children could become spiritually mature Christians by our parenting alone, which is so often our attitude, you go on to say they wouldn't need Jesus to be their savior. 
And so many of us as parents are trying to have perfect children, but kids need to walk what God has for them so they can experience his salvation as you've done, Jim. This has been terrific. What a great opening uh, to the discussion. Uh, Let's come back again and talk more. Can we do that? Great. You know, that was a really powerful moment that Bill described, which reminds me so much of the story that Jesus told Danny about the prodigal son. Um, Talk to parents in Bill's situation. I mean, if their child is rejecting the faith, how do they leave the door open for the relationship? Well, it's by managing your own fear. This is scary. When your child rejects the faith, it's scary. And in scary moments, in our anxiety, we make poor decisions. And sometimes that's rejecting our own child because we're angry about the fact that they're choosing a different belief. And you're not necessarily angry at them, but you're angry at what's happening. And it comes out, and then you end up isolating that relationship and pushing your child away. Uh, Again, it's really leaning into, and we've talked about this in the previous show, leaning into the relationship that you've got and building off of that. The beliefs will take shape over time, and you're going to have to be patient and in prayer with that. In managing your own fears, you step mm-hmm. into that. Knowing what you believe is important as well, where you're not becoming defensive, but you're confidently sharing, this is what I believe and this is why I believe it, if that conversation comes up. If you disagree politically, maybe that's a place you don't go because it could damage, you could say things that are hurtful. Right. So maybe you say, hey, I think we we know we're going to disagree on this. Let's move to a different topic because I care about our relationship. We're not going to convince each other. We're only going to hurt one another. And that shows a love for the child because you're not trying to convince them either. And they get and respect that. Yeah. I've just personally found with um, one of my adult kids that when we get into sensitive topics where we disagree, it's really best just to write it out. And so we've got an email exchange going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And and we both agreed that that's a good way to kind of de-escalate a potentially volatile situation. Uh, because I really do want to understand, and it allows me to ask questions and say, is this what you're saying, or is this what you believe, or what are you suggesting? And then, you know, turning the tables, he gets to do the same with me. And it's kind of an intellectual exercise of trying to understand each other, because we've become quite different. Um, But I think there are ways, you you can talk about some of these things, but the, the point isn't for me to convince him, kind of what you're saying. The point is to understand for the sake of the relationship. Well, and there's something else, another dynamic to be aware of. Kids want to be respected as adults, and they, they constantly feel as a, as a child, your child, and not as a peer, as an adult. Yeah. And I realize that you're still the parent, but now they're adults, and you want to treat the relationship that way because beliefs are very personal. And so as you enter that, Allow them to be adults in front of you and show them that respect that mm-hmm. way because that will get that dynamic off that creates a defensiveness and yeah. I need to prove something to you so that you respect me as an adult person. That's good. Well, you might be going through a painful season in your parenting journey. Uh, it might be an adult child. Um, it might be a teenager. It could be uh, an eight-year-old or a five-year-old and you're really concerned. 
We have uh, some wonderful, caring Christian counselors here at Focus on the Family. Generous donors make this kind of an outreach and service to you possible. So um, go ahead and call us, and we'll schedule a time for one of those counselors to give you a call back. They'll listen to your story. They'll pray with you. They'll direct you, if you'd like, to some ongoing help um, with someone in your own area. We've got a network of trusted counselors. The number to start the process is 800, the letter A in the word family. If you're in an okay spot or you just want to hear more about what Pastor Jim and his dad, Pastor Bill, had to share, uh, it's captured in their book, Hope for the Prodigal, and uh, we'll send that book to you, that great story of restoration and hope. Um, we'll send that to you when you make a donation of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. Call today and uh, donate as you can and request your copy of the book. Our number and website details are in the episode notes. Next time, we'll have a message for grandparents about building meaningful relationships with your grandkids. For now, I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny and the entire team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.